Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Bird Show. Is this a breakupable offense? Probably. She was using the bathroom at her boyfriend's house, didn't have any toilet paper. He refused to get her some. This is her viral TikTok. I'm breaking up with the guy I'm dating because of what he did to me while I was on the toilet the other day. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm being so serious right now. So I'm at his house. There's no toilet paper. I'm like, damn. Hey, babe, could you please grab me some toilet paper? He said, no. I already told you that bathroom's out of toilet paper. Sorry. <laughs> what, to teach her a lesson? Or something? I don't know, but that's what? the stupidest lesson to teach. Yeah, Jess Jacobson went on TikTok and was like, I'm breaking up with my boyfriend because he refused to get me toilet paper. So she dumped more than one thing hey. in that bathroom. <laughs> She's feeling so much lighter these days. Right. Oh, for me, this would be enough just because it... I forget which relationship expert talked about this, but there's this big study that's been going around social media that talks about, um, and I wouldn't call this a bid for attention, but there's this relationship expert that can can predict when people are going to get divorced based off of how they respond to small bids for attention or bids for help. And to me, this shows me everything I need to know about their relationship that you were so stubborn that you would rather be right than help out your partner. Yeah. Right. And you have no sense of when it's time to play. That's how I would feel. Because this is not the time. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not on the pot. pot. Yeah, now yeah. I'm on the pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mo, your friend who is a tattoo artist and ghosted somebody he was tattooing and you called him out. We have to get an update to see if he finally sucked it up and owned his artistry and went back and finished that dang tattoo. Yeah, I felt like he had to make this right. I mean, just to, to be right with the universe. And so I did call him out for it. If you missed this story the first time, a friend of mine, he he, <laughs> he heard the story and wanted me to clarify, which I'll get to in a minute. But he was never truly a professional tattoo artist. It was something that he did on the side, huh. but he got really good at it. Okay. And he tattooed a lot of different people. One of the people who he tattooed I didn't know her, but apparently my family knew her, and he did, like, half of her tattoo on her forearm. And it was like a dragon with some fire, in which I was shocked, because the last time I left him and he was doing tattoos, he was doing, like, pretty much stick figures and things of that nature. <laughs> I don't know when this man got to be able to do dragons, but kudos to him. So apparently he did it, and he realized halfway through it that he didn't like it, and he didn't know how to fix it. So it was the first time that he'd ever done a tattoo that he looked at and completely didn't like. And he felt bad. He felt so bad, in fact, that he stopped tattooing. Now, when my family ran into this person, she loved it. She was like, how is my friend doing? I haven't heard from him in a while because he never finished my tattoo. So she was cool with it. She was fine with it. Didn't see anything wrong with it. She was cool. Then I find this out and I immediately go to him. And I'm like, bro, I've, I've been told that you are out here <laughs> ghosting people on tattoos. So he, he kind of looks at me like, yeah, that's kind of true. Now, he claims he didn't ghost her. He retired. That's what he claims. <laughs> he retired from tattooing, and he like he got rid of all of his stuff, and he just wasn't doing it anymore because he was that disappointed in himself that that's why he stopped. But I'm like, either way, 
She's under the impression that you were going to finish it, and she likes it. She doesn't even hate it. In my mind, I could understand if she was, like, looking for you and cursing your workout and putting all of this pressure on you to finish it. I would kind of understand why you would feel like, all right, I need to just back out of this altogether, and, and I would at least help her get to a professional to fix it. But he just decided it was too much for him. He was done with it all. So <laughs> I speak to my family, and turns out that they actually saved her number, hoping that I would get to my friend and then my friend would get in contact with her, which is exactly what happened. So I ended up seeing my friend over um, over the holidays, over the vacation, and I spoke to him about it. And at first he was a bit hesitant. He was like, man, I haven't tattooed in so long, and I don't even know if I want to reopen that. And I was like, bro, you have to fix this. Like, you just have to. I mean, this person is running around not, like, actually speaking highly of you. And I, I can't imagine being in her situation and still having anything nice to say about you at all. So the fact that she is not even throwing dirt on your name, she loves the tattoo, like you have to make this right. I don't even know how you're sleeping at night not making this right. And he thought about it for a while, and he was like, you know what, you're right. And apparently he's been thinking about getting back into tattooing anyway, so he saw it as like maybe this is the means to me getting started again by fixing this and then actually getting back to a craft that he enjoyed doing. So I made him text her, like, literally right then and there. Like, me, my friends, we were all together. I was like, you got to text her right now. Like, because I know you. You'll say you're going to do it, and yeah. you, you don't do it. And he did it. We gave him the number. He texted her. They spoke. And they came up with a date for him to finish the tattoo. And he's going to do it. And he's going to fly her out because she doesn't live there anymore. Oh, what? So he's actually wow. going to pay for her plane ticket and do the tattoo. And then he looks at me like, are you happy now? I'm like, <laughs> It's not, it's about, not me, about me, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's not about me. But she will get her tattoo fixed, and he's going to make it right, and then hopefully all will be well with my friend in the universe. And how long has it been since he first put the tattoo on her? It's been about two, three years, I two, believe. Two, three years, and she's been walking around with half a tattoo. With a dragon with no fire. Just oh, yeah. The Burt Show. All right, the email is, she loves this guy, really digs him, except there's one big old problem. He is broke, 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 broke. So what does she do about it? Mo's got the email. Hello, Bird Show. I live in Ontario, Canada. Came across your show on Facebook during COVID and have been listening ever since. You guys are so funny and smart and each bring something special to the show. You are sure you're listening to the Bird Show. <laughs> <laughs> Love y'all. So let me get down to it as I need some advice. I'm 28, and I've been dating my current boyfriend, who was 29, for the past 10 months. I met him after getting out of a seven-year relationship that I was completely miserable in. I can honestly say I've never been so happy in my life. I love him so much. He treats me like a queen and is everything I ever wanted in a partner. Over the past two months, though, he has been going through a very hard time. He had to move out of his apartment last minute, and he does not have family to help him out, so he has been staying with friends until he can get back on his feet. You might be thinking, why can't he afford a place of his own? First, he was in a serious motorcycle accident when he was 13. He ended up shattering his leg and has been living off disability since he was 18. He actually has a permanent limp, and this has a genuine impact on him working as he does renovations. Second, rent is stupid expensive and almost impossible to live on your own. We've talked about him doing maybe a desk job, but he doesn't have those skills as he's been doing trades his whole life. We plan on getting a place together down the road, but I don't want to move in until he has con constant, consistent money coming in. Aside from disability, one thing I love about him, that he has goals, works really hard, and wants better for himself. If he was content with his situation and had no drive, I would completely be turned off. He never mooches off me. We split the bill, and we can, 
when we can, and he always pays me back. So I never feel like he's taking advantage. But the thing is, I have a full-time 9-to-5 job with consistent income. I just moved back with my parents, so I'm saving as much as I can. Whereas my boyfriend works here and there and is barely getting by on disability checks. 1200 a month. He basically lives off the money he gets and has nothing left to put away. So my question is, what should I do? I love my boyfriend and don't want to break up. But money is important to me, as I want to live comfortably. I don't need to live lavishly. I don't expect him to pay for me or get fancy gifts. I love him for him. But I've also been in a relationship where money became a huge issue and I was taken advantage of. I know a couple... I know as a couple, you should be there when things get hard, but I'm also close to 30 and want some structure. I still live at home, so I shouldn't be talking too much, but I just don't want to waste my time. But I also have never loved someone like I love him, so I'm torn. Birdshell, please help or give advice if you've been in a similar situation. All the best. Mm-hmm. For me here, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a little calculated in my answer, so you guys go first. For me here, um, I feel like you're really going to regret it if you dump this guy because you're stressed about money right now. That being said, like I know the number one thing when it comes to divorce is usually finances. So you got to figure that out before you move in and with each other, which of course you already know. I think if you get some kind of physical representation of what he needs to be making in order for you guys to move in, I feel like that's going to make the most sense. Like, for example, if you want to get a house before you two move in together, why don't you find some houses on Zillow and print them out and say, hey, this is my goal for us to be able to afford in the next one, two, three years or whatever. How can we both get there financially? This is where I'm going to be. Where can you get, um, where can you be so that we can both afford this together? So I live this Minus the limp and disability. However, my <laughs> husband does have a nub. I'm just saying, because he cut off half a finger. Um, and I, I don't know. And I'm trying to put myself back there because it was a long time ago. Like we met 17 years ago. And that is a like a substantial amount of time. And it, people misremember. And I understand that. But I don't ever recall being um, put off by his lack of employment or lack of money. And I don't know what this says about me. But it's because I always knew I could provide for the both of us. So maybe if she was in more of a stable situation herself, because they are both kind of up in the air right now, I can understand how that would be disorienting and um, you would be hesitant in moving forward in the relationship. But for me, dating somebody who did not have a consistent job, but I saw so much potential, treated me like a queen, brought everything else to the table, minus, you know, money, um, that was just... It, it was just, it was at the bottom of my priority list. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of strong feelings about this. First of all, I think that you knew that if you were going to be the provider, that Bart was going to have his roles and he was going to provide in different areas that weren't financial. So it was an equal relationship. Totally. Always has been. That is a hundred percent where you have to go if one isn't working. The second thing I would say here is... Um, look, this is important to you to have money and for him to have a job to be able to provide financially. Don't go off of his potential. I would say at some point or another, he has to show you what he really is. You are hoping because you love him so much that this is part of him, but this might be him in theory of himself, but not really what he's all about. I wouldn't rush into this relationship if that's important to you. Somebody once said on the show, and I don't remember who, but you have to look, and it might have been Cassie, you have to look at your partner. And if your partner, if this is 
as good as it gets, as far as like, you know, you're, you're, you got to put potential aside. This is where they are for the rest of your life. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be happy mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on what kind of advice to give, but I do agree with Bert. I mean, if it's me, it's a no-brainer. If I feel like this is my person and I feel like they make me feel like I've never felt, and I that to me would be more important. And I just have faith in myself that we'll find a way. We will work this out. But at the same time, if you already have those feelings of I love this person, but I want to be with this person, but then maybe you're right and you should accept mm. it for where it is and find a way to move on. The Bert Show. I think... Last week for our phone screener, uh, Amber could be referred to as a little bittersweet, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 75% bitter, 25% sweet. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to give you like 99% bitter, maybe 1% sweet. Well, All right, well, I'll be more honest. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Those first holidays after you, you lose a loved one, they're, they're really tough. Yes, 100%. I was uh, lucky enough, though, uh, that uh, my father and I, we, we've always been a little adventurous people together. We used to do this thing every Thursday night called Daddy Daughter Night. And, and just to um, to recap, Amber mm-hmm. lost her mom oh, recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. For those who's not listening, uh, those not listening. For those of you who didn't or unaware, my mom did pass away uh, from um, ovarian cancer. It happened fast. It really within a month. Yeah, it was wow. very fast. And so my dad, we used to have this thing called Daddy Daughter Night. So we would go out every Thursday to get get some. Eat. It started with Captain D's because kids used to eat free on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I get that. My daddy's a little frugal. You know what I mean? Like hey, yeah. Captain yeah. D's. Yeah. Get some some processed fish. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then it kind of grew into doing other things and trying different things to kind of get me to try new things and experiences, foods, etc. So this time he was like, "Hey, uh, I want to go to that Jurassic Park exhibition thing that everyone's always talking about that exhibit." And I was like, "All right, let's go." So he got tickets and we went. And uh, so just so I'm clear, also or we're all clear of like sort of the family tree here. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad were still together. Yes. When mom passed away, they okay. were married for 42 years. Damn. Wow. It was 42 years, September 5th. Wow, so he's going through it too, for yeah, sure. Yeah, And he's he's very similar to, to most black men. They, they Stereotypically, they don't always tend to show you what's going on or share it with you. Um, he's the protector. He keeps everything inside, you know. Um, so it was really good to actually see him smile because I've seen him. I don't know if he's noticed, but I've seen him have his private moments, and it's not pretty. Nobody wants to see their dad, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like that. But anyways, mm-hmm. we went to um, Jurassic Park. We were... Uh, attacked by a Tyrannosaurus Rex and an escaped <laughs> Velociraptor. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of fun. And there was this one, this cute little kid, um, little young boy. Uh, I would say probably about Jimmy's age. I think he looked like it. Like a toddler? So yeah, yeah. And he was standing there and the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes out and he's like, ah, you know, and so he backs up into my dad and his mom looks down and he looks and she looks at my dad and I'm looking at her. I'm like, and this is a white woman, by the way. <laughs> okay, it's very, I was like, yo, don't you touch that white baby. You know? <laughs> 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 you know? It was funny and she, she started laughing and, the, you know, it was a good time. But it, the, the best part about that entire experience is that we remembered that we were able to go out and still smile. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that we ever had a ma- created a new memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good one. So it, it felt good. I know. I know it can be conflicting too because your loved one's going to want you to continue to live your life and live it to the fullest. But there is also when you start enjoying yourself again, 
a lot of guilt. Is there? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I you're supposed to be you're supposed to be sad. Like yeah. your parent died. Yeah. And so you're supposed to be sad. So mm-hmm. when you start having fun, when you laugh for the first time after somebody significant passes away, the guilt is like suffocating. You almost 100%. catch yourself like while you're oh. laughing. Really? Yeah. yeah. It happened to me actually before we went to the uh, Jurassic Park thing. I don't I think I saw something on the internet or I don't know, something made me laugh. And after I laughed, I, I just, I started crying yeah. immediately. I felt hard. like I'm not supposed to be happy. I know. How dare I have a, a moment when, you know, but it's, it's, natural. it's okay. It's natural. That's and, natural. And, and I want to say that to everybody who's going through something like that, give yourself some grace. You're allowed to feel different emotions. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It doesn't always have to be sad. And so I, I did have to figure that out the hard way, but yeah. I'm getting through it. Now, is this something it. you worked out uh, by yourself or I know that you've like seen a therapist for the first time also? Yes, I am. Um, I, for the very first time, uh, <laughs> I've never had therapy before. You picked a good time. We'll do that to you. Yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> so that'll I went get you in and, that chair real quick. Oh, okay. Luckily for me, it was a uh, video chat. <laughs> so uh, it, it went really well. Um, I'm going to be doing it again. I don't know how often I can do it because therapy ain't cheap. <laughs> Being healthy, no matter what it is, mental or physical, you know, it costs you some money. So um, I'm looking into different grants or proposals, or whatever I can do to be able to do this because I did find someone that I like. Is this I just like a better know. help type thing? Um, actually, it is port counseling. Oh yeah, oh, okay. okay, yeah, oh, okay, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like her. Um, she seems like a very kind person, and she's a black woman, mm-hmm. so she can understand other issues that I may need to talk about in the future. So she's great. Yeah, I like her a lot. So I think I'm going to be going with her. As um, unfortunate as your situation is, I do think it's a beautiful thing that you and your dad can lean on each mm-hmm. other because yeah. I share that similar pain, and I'm sure that's been mm-hmm. really good for the both of you. Hundred percent. Is it or um? I'm just I, I've never been in this situation. So is it, I don't want to say healthy, does it help to be in the same situation at the same time? Or sometimes I feel like when you're in a relationship, when one is going through stress, then the other one is not and can can help the other one out. But if you're going through it at the same time, I wonder if it even makes it more difficult. For my father and I, it works. Mm-hmm. We can do it. For my cousin and I, it's very frustrating. He is a May Gemini, super emotional. <laughs> and I'm a June Gemini, leave me alone. So anyways, he he has a very difficult time. When he goes through it, he only cares about himself. He, he, no one else matters. He can't help you when he's where he is. And I make it makes you feel like you can't grieve because you have to take care of him, if that makes any sense. So it's better for me and my dad, but my cousin and I, no. Yeah, when you lose... Like within the family, like and you lose some the, the the same person, right? I mean, different relationship, but same person. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know somebody else gets what you're going through. Yeah, yep, that's how it was for me. Yeah. Pain shared is pain lessened for me. Yep, I love that. It's the Bird oh. Show. The Bird Show. All right, who's ready for weird? We ready to get weird? Me. Let's get weird. Let's. I'm always down to be weird. Woman willing weird. to breastfeed her husband. I'm breastfeed like- her husband. Now we have entered weird. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know when you think of or when you hear breastfeeding, like oh, a woman says she, it's okay for her husband to breastfeed on her. It sounds like it's some kind of like innuendo for something, but she's literally talking about him latching onto her chest and giving a good sucky sucky to get some milk out. Wow. I was I was scrolling on Instagram the other day. I saw this on the Shade Room. Mm-hmm. It's this woman who was on My Strange Addiction and um, her username is at it's Rachel Bailey and she posted this video justifying why her and her husband get a little weird. 
I don't see nothing wrong with breastfeeding my husband. I actually love the bond. It helps me out. He finishes off the job. A lot of people ask why I do it, why we do it. There's various reasons, but in all actuality, there really is nothing wrong with it. I always like to make jokes that, you know, you can drink other milks out there because you're told to, but when it's milk that you know, it's from a person you know, it's a little weird or considered weird, but it is because we tend to lash on things we don't understand. So that's practically the reason why I wanted to put it out there so that those who do it don't feel alone. Like she said, a lot of people lash on things they don't know or they don't know about. This is this is just a natural thing. It's natural, natural. a natural liquid milk coming <laughs> from a, a human and it's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting myself. It's not hurting her. So it's just something that we do. Okay, so wait, okay. Yes, breastfeeding is very natural. Breastfeeding is very natural. Your husband breastfeeding off of you, no, that is not. And she says he finishes she he finishes the job. So does she have a child? Like is she actively breastfeeding? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. he's taking milk from the baby. Like you need to pump that safe for the baby. <laughs> and then the addiction. Is she addicted to breastfeeding her husband or is her husband addicted to being breastfed. Because <laughs> it's a fetish. It's a legitimate yeah. fetish some people have. But my favorite part of all of this is Bert's face, forgetting that he has drank breast milk. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have, yeah, have someone in the studio. <laughs> now, I didn't take it right from the breast. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> That's important um, to know. That, yeah. I wasn't allowed. I, you were not allowed to take it from the tap. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's strange. That is strange. But it's not the strangest breastfeeding Um Story, I think, that we've had on the Bird Show. So Abby sent this um, content to us. And of course, immediately we're, we're, we're going to talk about it because it's right up the Bird Show's alley. And I responded, is it time we introduce Abby to the ninny? No. I think this is probably no. the most talked about call that we ever had on the Bird Show. In fact, we didn't believe that it was real. Uh, and we had to get confirmation that it was. But yeah, uh, this was... 15 years ago? At least. 15 years ago. And you're telling me this is going to be weirder than a husband drinking breast milk from a woman's breast. Oh, yes. Yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. No, there's no way. This is the infamous birth show ninny call. Hey, Ashley. Hi. You're on the voice disguiser. I I have to be totally honest with you. I'm glad that you called up, but our initial response is like, okay, this can't be true. No, it's true. It's definitely true. I I swear by it. And my friends know about it. My family jokes about it. But uh, my mother weaned both me and my sister when we were about two. It took me a little longer. She actually had to put hot sauce on her boobs to make me stop coming back for more. (laughs) How old were you when you stopped breastfeeding? I was about two or Two and a half, two or two and a half. Why does it say uh, seven? Yes, but what happened was I would come back for more throughout the years. I think it was just a comfort, uh, for a comfort thing. And I would always come back and, you know, my mom would call it Minnie and she would always say, do you want some Minnie? And I'd say, yeah, sure. So I, you know, throughout the years I would have Minnie, what we called Minnie. And when I got chicken pox at 13 or 14, she gave it to me then because, you know, I felt horrible. And, you know, we just lay down and I'd suckle. <laughs> then when I was 17, I remember also having it then and I think the last time I had it was before I got married I was about 25 believe I wanted it because I was really distraught and she said you know would you like some ninny I said sure so you know I had my ninny and I felt better <laughs> I swear to god you I, would put I, your I, mouth around your mother's breast at 25 years old my mother just had two girls and she was very we 
were very close, and she just thought she she also probably liked the closeness, and I didn't mind it either. I mean, we don't have a weird relationship at all. We have our ups and downs. It's just a normal mother-daughter relationship. Is this something that you ever um, thought that you might need to go see somebody professionally for? Oh, no, I don't crave it. It's just... Yeah, I don't crave it at all. It's just something that me and my mom, it's like a its like a little understanding we have that, you know, she'll offer it to me sometimes. <laughs> and, and actually, when my dad sees me doing it, he thinks it's hilarious. What? He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't sit there and watch, but he just thinks it's cute. He, you know, I would look down on somebody or think they're abnormal because they do it because I've done it and I know I'm a normal person. I mean... But um, it's just something that I've, I always did with my mom, and I never really saw anything wrong with it. Now I think I wouldn't, I mean, but not because I'm older now. And, you know, to me, you know, now it has more of a different connotation, I think. But Well, you say you're but, older now, but you're 25 the last time you did it. So you're how old now? I'm going on 28. How old was your mom the last time you ninnied? Oh, she'll be 60. Ashley, how long are you going out with guys when you tell them that this is still part of your personality, your routine? It's come up probably after a year or so into the relationship. And do most guys at that point just go, this is not something I want to be involved in? Or they, doesn't bother oh, no, me? they just think it's weird. But that's when they know me and they love me. So, I mean, and again, there's no breast milk. Yeah. Good God. your thoughts you know i was i was willing to give her a chance at 13 i was like you know you got chicken pox breast milk is supposed to be good for you but then when i found out there was no breast milk and she did it the right before she got married yeah yeah absolutely not did she say her mom was 60 she did it was so now she'd be like 75 (laughs) yeah it's probably like powdered milk now and And dad used to watch and dad yeah yeah that's the that i i forgot about that detail like now after the fact years later that is a huge red flag that's so much to unpack here and i don't want to sound judgy but please do not call yourself normal (laughs) (laughs) that is not normal behavior it's just like i'm swear i'm normal (laughs) all right um we're gonna stay right here and weird why not hey tiffany good morning you're on the burt show good morning good morning so I used to work at a daycare. It was like 17 years ago. And there was a kid that was about four years old. His mom would come in and pick him up. And he would act like he wanted the ninny. And she would say, well, that one's not yours. That one's daddy's. And she would tell us that they both would breastfeed at the same time every night. What is, <laughs> what is happening on the bird show today? What is happening? So you're at your... Th- and, and, Tiffany, you're the daycare yes. worker. She comes in yes. and she says her four-year-old child and her husband breastfeed from her at the same time every night. Yes. And this was, I mean, I worked there for years. Like this, this we like, yes, it was, it was like a known thing. It was insane, crazy. The dad would even come in and talk about it too. I, I, yes. I can't. I, 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 Why would you publicly talk about it? <laughs> because do you it. don't think anything's wrong with it. Is this something you call Child Protective Services on? <laughs> no. Yeah. Only if the baby's underfed. You call somebody. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you call us. The, ba- the baby is underfed, but the husband is obese. <laughs> Here, Bird Show.
I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I look, it's an important job. It's a very important job. There you are out in the town. Maybe both of you guys are single and one of you lands a big fish, okay? The great looking guy at the bar or the hottie at the bar and you're with somebody that just hasn't had the same amount of luck. Your roles change at this point. Now you're the point guard, okay? You are the wingman or the wing woman, and it is your job to make sure your friend, your priority number one, is having a great time that night, gets a number, hooks up, whatever. But a lot of you guys, including Mo and Katie here, who have screwed it up over the last couple of weeks. You're butchering this assignment. (laughs) (laughs) Have decided to put a list of instructions together to be a good wing man and a wing woman. As a fact, it is uh, it is vital. It's very important to be a good wing person. We talk about how difficult it is to date and how difficult it is to find a potential partner. And you can blow it as a wing woman or a wing man for your friend. So I think it's important that we make sure that everybody who is ever a wing man or a wing woman understands the assignment. So you've come up with a wing manual. Yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> a wing manual. I like that. Wing manual. I like that. You could go home. Just give, yeah, Just go, it. It's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> I would say that I, uh, quite honestly and pathetically, um, I had to be a great wing man. Look, my area of attraction was not going to be in bars, right? Okay, I'm a five foot four guy now. Back in the day, I wasn't. That's just, look. The bars are for hotties, and I was never a hottie. So generally speaking, like my friends were going to hook up, and more often than not, I was the wingman. So I feel like I can dig into this list. Okay, so let's do it. All right. Katie, I'm going to go first. We can rattle off together. 
Okay. I feel like the number one rule for being a wingman or a wingwoman is simple. Never steal your partner's thunder or your partner's potential partner. For sure. I often yeah. get You cannot do that. Okay. You should also practice scenarios beforehand. <laughs> like, Before you like drills? Wait. Yes. <laughs> you, got, you got wing practice? Yes. <laughs> I, do, I do this with my girls. We have a little practice scenario. I'm like, all right, so we see a dude. All right, what are you going to do? And if he comes up to you, says, you know, hey this or hey that, we practice scenarios and responses. It's a coaching mm. session. Mm-hmm. So give us an example of what this might sound like. So, um, whew. all right. So basically, I'll tell like my best friend. I'm like, look. You're, you're with Kristen. Yeah, Kristen yeah. is oh, single okay. and you guys right. are about to head Golly, out. Golly, Gio, so excited to go out tonight. <laughs> Uh, I, really, I really hope I find a man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. You're going to have to be hitched. Because <laughs> that one is... Woo! All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to go... so neat. <laughs> Whoa. All right. So what we're going to do is tone down our excitement. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. We're going to play We're gonna play it cool. Cool. How does? How do you play it cool? Here, take this, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the tone, okay. and the voice. Okay, so what's my what's my tone? It's, it's not tone. It's tone. Think, tone. think like, like you know. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Chill vibe. You like him, but you don't really like him. But if he approaches you, right, you don't want to act too eager. Mm-hmm. If you think that he's cute, hey. you want to play it cool. Yeah. He asks about your drink, like. Uh, I don't know about that. But I'm white. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is definitely hard. I'm not yeah. bitch mode. I don't know if I can coach Chris. Christian, you got to represent. I've never been in this uh, position. That's a tough assignment. That's right a very tough one. <laughs> Maybe the two of you guys should just that's stay home. That's not it. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, that plane ain't going to win. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just basically like, tell my friend not to be too eager if a guy approaches you or anything yeah. like that, right? Okay. If he asks for a drink, if asked to buy you a drink, you can mention how common that is. Like, what is what? What's your end game here? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, a drink is too easy. All right, that's what do you not want to do? Give you his watch? No. <laughs> Conversation. It's just so easy for someone. Hey, can I buy you a drink? Well, not what everybody's trying drink? to buy me a drink in yeah. here. What's, what's the follow-up? That's a better pickup line. Hey, do you want my left shoe? <laughs> See, not everybody will give you the left shoe. Hey. See. <laughs> but a coaching session. Practice some scenarios okay. or something like that with your friends. Yeah, I got signals too, like from the dugout and baseball for the pitcher. Well, yeah, that's also on my list. Hand okay. signals. Okay. You always have. Okay. Yes, you okay. have to have hand signals of when to come and intercept mm-hmm. and when to leave that person alone. That's line. important. That's mm-hmm. very important. Uh, I also think it's important to not oversell your partner. I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. You want to make your partner look good, but it comes. It becomes pretty obvious when you're overselling them and doing mm. a little too much. Like what? Like, oh, this guy volunteers all the time on weekends, and oh, oh, he loves puppies. Exactly that. Okay. It's like, don't, that's not even necessary for the initial meeting of conversation yeah. to say all of the charities and all the things he's doing, because it comes off as you're doing too much. It's really, a good wingman is there really just to take pressure off of the that's dude it. or the woman and do it in a group setting where she or he doesn't even know what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. That, that's also on my list. I'm, I'm, since you said that, I'll get that out the way right now, too. You never make them feel as if your partner sent you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You always go with the approach that you're doing this and your partner oh. doesn't even know you're there. That's right? how I screwed up that time with you at the restaurant. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. It happened. Kristen yeah. got that's up. That's why we're here. We were all having a group dinner <laughs> and um, Kristen saw a table of full-on hotties uh, across the restaurant and decided one of them was going to marry Mo and walked <laughs> over to the table and made a move for a grown-ass man. Yep, that happened. It sounded like this. Gee, golly gosh, you're real pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to stand in your wedding. Will you marry my friend over there? 
She was stunned. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm just saying I've been in the situation as a woman where I'm standing there at a bar with my friend and some dude will come up and then he's almost like the sales guy for his friend where he's like, my dude is such a stud. All the ladies love him. And yep. in my mind, the only thing I'm thinking while you're selling this dude is, well, if he was really this hot, you wouldn't need to sell him this hey, hard. Bingo. And then you come over and it's very obvious what's going on. It makes the whole situation yes. feel very unorganic. You are just the bridge between the chemi- uh, of chemistry between the two that you're trying to hook up. Mm-hmm. It's like you're the opener. Don't don't be the main event. You're just the opener. Just warm it up for him. Exactly. But also, don't be afraid to intercept and take the fugly friend. If you know that your friend is having a good vibe with someone, yep. you can't be afraid to take the other person out of that scenario yep. and let those two have their own conversation, even so, if you don't like that person. Can I tell you how extreme this got for me? And this is such a bad story, such a pathetic story. So I'm in Hawaii with my dude, John, uh, and we meet two girls that are from Oregon. We're from California. We meet two girls that are from Oregon. Uh, he ends up linking up with the hottie in the group, and I got the not hottie. But... They, she wouldn't go out with my dude, John, unless all four of us were going out. So we end up hanging out, and then I end up hooking with up with the other friend, really more out of, to be a good wingman. that wasn't attracted to her at all. And then when we got back to California, his girl wanted to fly into town, but would only come if the fugly <laughs> friend was there. So I had to spend the whole weekend with her, man. The whole weekend. It was so bad. It was so bad. I couldn't do it. Like on Friday night, she came in. We hung out for a couple of hours and she annoyed me so much that I just left the apartment. Wow. I had to leave. Wow. I couldn't take it anymore. Now, that's supposed to be like a one-time thing. You're yeah. not supposed to yeah. have to do that yeah, all yeah. season long. <laughs> it was a one game. It was next level. Yes, yeah. sir. And also, at the end of the night, you have to know when to back off. So say they didn't have a friend. It was just a one-on-one and you just happened to be like the third wheel. You have to know that, okay, this is good. It's time for me just to mm-hmm. leave, and yes. leave into the shadows. Yes, and you don't announce it. Nope. Right. Yeah. You just fade away. You know when to leave. Mm-hmm. And last but not least... Even if they did, you never make your partner feel like they blew it. If it doesn't go well, you always make it seem like it was the other person's fault so that your partner doesn't lose confidence. That's a part of being a good wing person. I was never good at that. I'm going to give you a tremendous amount of crap if you can't close. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. I'm invested. (laughs) It's the Burt Show. It's the Burt Show. You know we don't talk about enough, or maybe even ever at all on this show? What? Have we ever talked to anybody, any listener... That is completely, totally happy and satisfied being single. Yes. We have? I think a long time ago. I recall who this unicorn is. Mm -hmm. But um, I was talking to somebody the other day that is in a relationship and is really nervous to get out of it, right? And we were trying to get like down to the bottom line and why why are you so scared to take off? And... I think most people are scared because they fear that they're going to be lonely, how they're going to fill the time, right? So, and we talk about breaking up on this show so much that I was curious if we could get a call or two from somebody going, you know what? I've been single my entire life or I've dabbled in relationships. And to be honest with you, there's nothing to fear. I am way happier alone than I am in a relationship. one 855 Yeah, I guess I, and this was like forever ago. And I may be misremembering or just conjuring up something in my head. Who knows? Um, But she was a woman and she was older and she was perfectly content and happy being single and had no desire to be in a relationship whatsoever. One of my best friends, Amy. We all know Amy, Mm -hmm. my business manager, best friend. She's like a sister to me. Uh, Been single most of her life and is just so incredibly (laughs) happy being single. And I think 
most people can't even really embrace that thought that they're, you have to go through life with somebody. You're going to grow old, right? Mm-hmm. No. I, I feel like I was like that for a while. I have a friend that's like that too. But I've I've said before that, I mean, I've been happy in relationships. But if I'm being honest with myself, I was definitely the happier times of my life were when I was single mm-hmm. for sure. Really? Yeah. I'm getting to the point where the thought of being in a relationship is so foreign to me that I don't even really miss having somebody around. To me, I think the people that struggle with being single are the people who have never experienced it really in their adult life. Like the people who got in their first relationship at 16 and then broke up and then didn't didn't have a good time with that adjustment period because I do think that's the hard part um, about it is like when you go from having someone to not having someone, you feel that loss. But when you go a long enough time without it, you realize you're much more capable than you think that you are. Good morning, Bert Show. Who is this? Nicole. Hey, Nicole. All right. You've been single your whole life or recently, but you definitely endorse the single life. Recently, it's been two years now. I had a traumatic accident happen two years, and the guy I was talking to said that the accident wouldn't change anything, and he ended up ghosting me two weeks later. So (laughs) I've been single since then, and honestly, it's been the most life-changing thing. I've never been happier. Is that right? Good for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you. What is it that you enjoy most about being single? Um, I think mostly just I don't really have to, not necessarily answer to anybody, but I can just kind of, do what I want to at my own pace. I don't really have to be anywhere at a certain time, not rushed places. Just it's very easygoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that fear of just being alone, uh, I think for most keep them in those relationships though, because they don't have that experience of mm-hmm. like being able to pivot. You don't have to like debate with anybody, but just the thought of being lonely is so scary to people that they'll stay in that relationship. What's on the other side of fear? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> hey, Allison, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hi. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I um, am 35 and have been single pretty much my entire life. I've dabbled here and there, and it's just headache after <laughs> headache. <laughs> um, and have honestly really just recently found comfort and being okay by myself. Um, it was kind of a revelation within the last two years, and I've, I'm, I'm complete, I feel. I feel very happy and fulfilled. As you should. And do you ever find yourself, though, around your friends? And do they try to convince you otherwise? No. I've always had really great friends who actually just never even really found their person until after college. Like, no one who, like, found love young or anything like that. And they are, sometimes they look at me and they're like, wow, you live, like, a nice life because they have kids now and everything. (laughs) 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 You're like the cool aunt and... I also take care of my mom. She had a huge stroke during COVID. And so I feel like my hands are full in a way, but Mm -hmm. I have found purpose giving back to my mom, giving back to my family and being okay with that. Yeah. Kristen raises a really interesting angle because there's so much pressure because people assume that you can't possibly know full happiness if you're not with somebody. So people are constantly trying to set you up when you may not even want it. Most like living that life. Uh, So annoying. (laughs) Lived it for quite some time. Amber, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You are so happy being single. It is possible to be happy and single. So I'm actually calling um, for my mom. So my mom is actually 53, and she has been single most of my life, and she is perfectly content. She's been married twice. Um, Her second marriage did not turn out great. Um, It was actually very traumatic. 
So she has been single the rest of my entire life, and she is actually fixing the clothes on her first house. Good for her. So she, she is perfectly content. Well, excellent. Thank she you. She never wants to be married or with anybody else ever again. I bet. She's just tired. Tired, <laughs> tired, tired. So it is possible. This is The Bird Show. The good news, it's a great gift. The bad news, it might be from an inappropriate person. You got something going on in your life? You want to share your drama with The Burt Show and the rest of the country? Hit us up at thebirtshow.com. Abby's got the email. Burt Show, I could really use your unbiased takes on my situation. I would also love to know if any Burt Show listeners have ever been in this position because I truly believe I'm the only one. I'm struggling to make a decision based on principle, but I'm worried my principle is causing me to make the wrong call. Am I putting my conscience over my daughter's futures? First, the backstory. My former best friend slept with my husband. Hey, you know what? That's not cool. Nope. Where I'm from, that's just not cool. You just don't do that. No. Mm -mm. To save our marriage, we cut off all ties with her and her family. It was the right thing to do for our marriage and our family. Reconciliation with my husband has been painful, Mm. but slowly we have rebuilt what we had prior to the infidelity. And I feel we're stronger than ever. Yeah, good for you. Wow. Have I forgiven him fully? Yes. Will I be able to will I be able to trust him fully again? I'd say I'm currently at ninety eight percent. That's about ninety percent more than where I think I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Recently my husband and I received legal notifications that she, I refuse to use her name, has established two very generous college funds for our young daughters. Hmm. We, especially I, want nothing to do with her or her guilt money. Her behavior feels so manipulative or is this just her way of clearing her conscience and trying to make things right with the universe? By refusing the college funds, I'm worried I'm being a bad mother, making my girls' college careers less certain. Would it be selfish of me to turn down her money? We could definitely use it, but it just feels so dirty. Ooh, Burt Show. one 855 Show. What would you do in a case like this, you Have you been in a case like this? Because I do feel like she's the only one here. It's pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Take the money and run, girl. <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like, this right? is a, that's a, college is expensive. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, if this is going to linger in your conscience, like every time you go to visit your kids at school and you realize they're only there uh... because, because your husband's mistress paid for it, I don't know. It, I could see that being an issue. I don't know what this says about me as a person, but I would take this with ease. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I would feel like this is the least you can do. With all that you've done to destroy the family, I, I'm the older I get, the more I realize you just don't need pride all the time. You can just put your pride... <laughs> Look at say, you and your growth. I'm trying that. to grow. Say that. I'm growing. Keep done growing. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put it to the side, man. Why not take this money to help your children? Nah. You're not taking it? Mm-mm. No? Nah, man. Uh... Because I think it it also opens up the door again for her to be somehow, some way in your guys' relationship. Mm. Uh, I would just, it, it feels like blood money, man. Um, no, nah, I, I couldn't do it. It is a little weird that it's also an apology gift from her when her husband was also responsible for for the infidelity as well. Like she's making reparations, but like really what has the husband done? I mean, does this also mean like it's a one-time gift and the husband and her don't have to communicate at all? Or is there paperwork that has to be done where she has to be in communication and attached to the family? I, 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 it just feels too messy. 
I like it. It should be no strings attached. Like if it's if if it's that kind of exchange yes. to where you are genuinely just giving me this money and that is it. I don't. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about yep. it. We don't have to sign anything. We don't have to rehash or relive anything. I would take the money. I'm trying to be on your side here, but like I can't see myself saying, "Oh, I hate you," but I'll take your money. <laughs> <laughs> but if you hate him enough, wouldn't you take their money? Yes. Might feel good every time you cash that check. It's yes. a lot of pain. Hey, Sarah, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Call me Petty. Call me Petty Patty. <laughs> but I would take that money, like Mo said, with no strings attached and run with it. Okay. Okay, Petty Go Patty. For it. Patty Patty. Good morning, Kim. You are part of the Burt Show. Thank you for joining the convo. So my daughter was attacked by my brother's dog, and we sued my brother's family and got her a college fund. I would 100% take the money. <laughs> All right, let's stop right here for a second. Whoa. Let's hit pause. Wait a second. Yeah, let's hit pause, <laughs> and we need more deets on this. Is your daughter okay? She is. She had to have her ear reattached to her head. Oh. oh. Yeah, she was like four. It was the day before preschool graduation. It was like a whole family drama thing. I bet. We had the best dog bite lawyer in Atlanta. He was amazing. And, you know, they wound up paying all of her medical bills. And she got a pretty nice chunk of change that we are using for her for college. So, and you just had, you had no hesitation whatsoever. As soon as it happened, I am suing my brother and his family. I mean, there was some hesitation, but for her, it was the right thing for us to do. No, totally. Yeah, I'm not coming down on you at all, Kim, at all. No, I know. I know. No, no. I get it. it. It was, it took a lot of, you know, pushing that email button. Like, yes, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I have the support of half my family and not the other half of my family. And well, it was a thing, but we're, you know, it was, how old is she now? Five years ago. So we're, we've kind of moved a little bit past it. I bet. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask how you the know? relationship is now. It's Okay. Yeah, you know, could be worse. <laughs> could be better. Could be worse. I, I, and and she went through a lot, and it yeah. was just for her. It was the absolute right thing for us to do. Oh, I bet. I know this is a sidebar, kind of superficial question, but is she totally terrified of dogs even today? She isn't actually, her. which is like unbelievable. Yes. She, wow. she really has like pushed through and worked through, and she's in therapy and and all the things. But she loves animals, and Good. she doesn't like it when they bark. At, you know, near her, like yep. bark on her, kind of scares her a little bit. But she's nine now, and she was four when it happened. So that's a strong little girl, uh, right there, man. Good for her. Yeah, I really like to talk about it, but you know, she, yeah, she's resilient, and uh, but she's got she's got a good little college fund set up for her. Okay, yeah, thank nice. you for calling. Thank you. Um, I'd say ninety five percent of the calls are saying, "Take that cash." Yeah, <laughs> take that cash, Anna. Take it, take it, take what, it. What do you think, Anna? Anna's on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, good morning. You're on the bird show. Hi. Hi, guys. Good morning. Um, I, have a, I think she should totally take it. Your kid's more important than, than some stupid thing. Does the daughter know two things? Does the daughter know about the affair? That we don't know. Okay, and if she does, if she doesn't, I would never let her know where the money came from. Mm. Either way. That's fair. Yeah, and that's pretty similar to all the calls right there. Take that cash. Take that money. Take that cash. This is The Burt Show.